How's it going, everybody? It's the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. How's it hanging? How's it banging? How's it slanging there, Charlie? Hello, what have we here? Doing just lovely. Hell yeah. All right. Start yeah! All right this All is right. the musical edition of ESC. All right. Um, see, that's what we need. The Chris Statlander, the musical. That should have been this fucking art. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so we had some wrestling this week. Actually, honestly, first of all, for, first order of business, we haven't been on the show in like two weeks or something. Like, what the fuck, Charlie? What's going on, man? Are you good? Are, you, are we good? Did, the what vegans did I say? have landed. Yeah, last week I uh, had some good travel issues, so uh, that's actually not a shoot. Or, well, no, that is a shoot. Hold on, I, wait. I, I, I'm like, uh, I'm like now the, we're, uh, we're reverse working. Hold on. <laughs> Fuck. Now you're working me. <laughs> no, but uh, your boy had to watch uh, a solid 20-plus hours of AEW this week, and uh, we're fully booked. It's full gear time. It's it's here, man. It literally, full gear is literally four days from now, or something like that, right? No, it's not four days, is it? Yeah, Sunday, right? So, Jesus Christ, yeah, we're literally this week showing, oh, fuck, are we doing predictions? Yeah, I guess so, fuck. Yeah? Shit, I didn't even realize mm-hmm. what day it was. Yeah, it's literally Sunday, or Saturday, fuck. Um, yeah, so we got some wrestling to review. Um, a lot of really good stuff this last couple of weeks. I'm sure there'll be some things, because like, we're going to breeze past other things. If there's anything from the last couple of weeks that you want to bring up that we forgot, like, I didn't really think to put that stuff in my notes for this week. So, like, if there's something that comes to mind, like, while you're talking about something, I may go back to my notes and be like, hmm, was there anything I wanted to talk about from the last few weeks? We'll see. Uh, we might not spend too much time on that. But uh, either way, you know, we got... Uh, this was like kind of like the week of Daniel Garcia. We're going to talk about that. Mariah May officially being officially in AEW and All Elite. And we got the New Japan Tag League. We have obviously got the Continental Classic coming up as well. Our, um, we probably will do some full gear predictions. Not probably. We're definitely going to. Our Rig of Water Dynamite Rampage and Collision results coming at you as well, as well as our favorites at the top of the show, which we'll get into in a bit. But before we get into that, make sure whatever this uh, podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, be that Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify, you know, slap that little follow and or subscribe button, whatever the button is that keeps you getting a weekly feed of this podcast. And also, if this is the first time you're listening to this, you might not follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. And at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter. We're building a little wrestling community over there. We got like shouted out as one of like top five wrestling podcasts yeah. about AEW. And, so uh, shout outs to them. And speaking um, of that, um, on Twitter, uh, yeah, Kid Coheed, he, he, he recommended us in some of our people's favorites wrestling podcasts, and we want to thank you for that. Wrestling we, history podcast, by yeah. the way, which I was thinking about that, and I was like, are we? But then I was like, no, actually, we review every segment on every AEW, Ring of Honor, and fucking Rampage, and Collision. So yeah, we kind of are a bit of a wrestling history podcast to some extent, you know? Um, maybe not in the, in the, the way that they were intending in that tweet. However... If you wanted to know the history of AEW the last couple of years, you could absolutely use this podcast as a pretty good. I feel like, feel like we're always spouting out some some fucking lore, right? That's, I, this, I, this I mean, I was literally talking about the fucking four pillars of heaven from Japan with like uh, Tart earlier. You know what I mean? Like because of uh, you know, uh, like yeah. Anyway, y- y'all know how I am with my all Japan. I love me some good all Japan action, but um, you know, we should actually I should find a match for us to watch from that era again. There's a there's another tag match we got to watch. There's a six man tag match. It's the uh, what are they called? It's like the the holy demon army versus like the fucking something or other. I can't remember, but it's like it's it's this crazy six man tag they had at one of their big giant t- tag uh, championship shows. Anyway, um, and we'll we'll get into that. But um, 
that being said though we'll we'll get into our favorites and stuff like that but yeah there's just like there's a lot of good stuff for us to talk about this week charlie and i actually have the nod first so we're gonna jump all the way to the end of dynamite here um i don't think i missed anything right i think we're good nope yeah we're cooking nailed it all right i was i was fucking flying off the the rails here just like this match that we're going into jay white versus mark briscoe which is essentially a number one contenders match for the pay-per-view but everyone in their brother knew jay white was obviously not going to lose this championship match here he has the fucking title if he didn't have it it'd be kind of awkward you know what i mean but um that being said um we had uh we had like honestly like i, I i'm only picking this match mostly because mark briscoe obviously just came back and I honestly think if Mark Briscoe hadn't uh, been injured, probably would have won the world title, honestly. Um, but that being said, on Ring of Honor, I should say. But um, that being said, I, I think giving him this opportunity, he got to show off to a lot of people and explain to them why it was as soon as his brother was no longer with us, obviously, that they decided to sign him to AEW because... Had there not been the comments that Jay had made, they probably would have both been signed instantly as soon as they started having the matches, especially when Ring of Honor, but just in general, because they're both ridiculously good. It, it was just the, was the one thing holding them back. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I absolutely ridiculous selling from Mark Briscoe, you know. Um, the Briscoe Bowl, by the way, which is a random comment that was thrown out, I think, by Shivani or somebody during this match. That should be the name of a Ring of Honor tournament. Maybe a tag tournament or something like that. The Briscoe Bowl. Anyway, um, talk about a team that defined a promotion, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I actually think my, my new, uh, you know how I always have those matches where I, like, I'm thinking about people that should go up against each other? Um, you know who I want to see Mark Briscoe face? John Moxley. Can you imagine the match those That'd be a fun fucking match. Um, and make it like a street fight or something too. Don't like, don't, don't even fuck around with it. Just give us what we want. You know, give me what I want anyway. Um, uh, this Coley driver, which apparently they can't call properly, even though it's fucking Mark Briscoe. Come on. Anyway. Um, the, the 2.99 on the froggy bow, by the way, was sold so perfectly. Like I just, I don't know, man, like this, I, something about this match just really worked for me. The Kiwi crusher, the do it for Gato chant. From fucking, or not even Jam, but to do it for Gato from fucking Juice or Juice. Juice is so goddamn loud. Anyway, um, <laughs> he picks up the one with Blade Runner. Um, I, the ending of this was crazy. I, like, let's just like go through this here because let me just pull up, pull up my notes. Like, it's actually, I don't even have Dynamite my notes. It doesn't even matter. The whole point is like, I, I'll tell you what, dude. I Jay White is, I think, becoming one of the most consistent wrestlers in AEW. He was already really good, obviously, when he was in New Japan and stuff like that. But, like, dude, I don't think I've seen a bad match from any of the matches Jay White has had since he's been in AEW. I think this guy has been on an insane streak. I, is it crazy for me to say but we're going to do predictions? But I'm honestly not even sure that Jay White might not win this world title because he's been on such a fucking roll since he came into this company. You know, like, yeah. he's probably got... God, would you say Bullet Club Bull is probably the most popular faction at this point? That and they're firing on all cylinders. Everywhere. I mean, they're either if they're not, they're like right behind Bullet, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. You know what I mean? Like, I would say they're probably both pretty up there. You know what I mean? Like, it's insane. Give me your thoughts on this match. I really enjoyed this. You know, Dynamite Dance yeah. generally deliver, but like this to me, Mark Briscoe getting this opportunity. You know, he doesn't waste opportunities. So you know. The foundation of AEW was built upon the idea that we can get matches that we've never seen before. 
that was the that was the role that was the victory speech of AEW, if you will. That was the fucking the signature line that we got. You know, we were going to get the Kenny Omega's versus John Moxley, it's a match that you could only kind of dream of. And is it ever going to happen? No, there's just no way it ever would. And you advance a couple years later. We live in a world now where we can get Jay White at the top of his game wrestling Mark Briscoe in the main event of a TV fucking show, and it's just this to me. Is is a core AEW match, and uh, I loved it because, and I think this was booked very well because, uh, like you said, no one expects Briscoe to win this match, and I, I I always applaud that they're not afraid to put people in those spots, even though they're over, and they they probably do need some wins, like Briscoe. It, it wouldn't hurt him to pick up a few wins, but it doesn't hurt him to take a loss here because AEW, as we've said before, and we'll say it again, even during my favorite. They're not afraid to have somebody lose. And when you're not afraid to have somebody lose, these false finishes hit that much harder. They, uh, The way that this match made us feel, it always brings me back to what Dak said, is that split second of disbelief. Well, there's also an argument here that you could make that like MJF could easily interfere in this match and give Mark Briscoe the win. And Yeah, you know he could have. He could have. And um, that was not the case. And Jay ended up, uh, winning the match and yeah it's that that split second of disbelief it really sold the match and just like you i was i was very impressed by this match and uh I, i'm so glad that we're we're you know these past couple weeks especially i think aw is really fucking rolling and um it feels good to get pick up this steam going into a pay-per-view so uh like you said we'll hit the post match real quick because we might as well hit it here. Um, MJF's music came out. Bullet Club Gold looked up the ramp. MJF appeared from behind him. He's wearing the dynamite diamond ring. He KOs the guns. He squares off with white. Um, Jay gets the fuck out of there. You know the vibes. Uh, MJF said playtime is almost over with Jay White dressing up as a top guy. MJF said he'll go down as the greatest AEW world champion of all time. White said, let's kill him to beat him. Bro, we need and the Kylo we- saying, coward! As, coward! as when people fucking run away. You return, Luke! And uh, for the first time in his life, MJF is fighting for everyone on this journey with him since day one. MJF isn't just a scumbag. He's the fan's scumbag. And I guess that just kind of always leaves us questioning, you know, is White going to be the first man to pull the trigger at full gear? You know? Um, that wasn't it. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> but uh, that that wasn't it. As Dynamite, you know. One of the things going on in the background of Dynamite is we have a mystery angle that's been playing out over the course of the past few weeks. The lights go out. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be the House of Black? Or it's going to be the Joker. The acclaimed and daddy ass are getting beat up by four masked men backstage. Anthony Bowens gets launched through a glass window. The camera cuts to the devil, then back to the ring. MGF sprints to the back, pissed off. Samoa Joe walked up and said it looks like the champ is running out of friends. And uh, he laughs, and the show ends. So, um, God, when AEW wants to do these mystery angles, I feel like they're fucking always succeed. Like they quite literally, they're they're batting a perfect average, man. I every single week, the discussion is the Joker, and it's it's so. 
that's so fun to have on this show, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's fun to have this mystery and everyone's constantly speculating. I bet if you loaded up fucking Google today. I just wish people didn't get so fucking holier than now with who they think it is. Like, because it, it always gets so personal when people have these opinions. Like, I don't know why, but like people. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter who it is at the end of the day. It could be fucking Danhausen. Like, that was the joke. Yeah. Was it it's Danhausen? It could be Danhausen. Right? It could be David Finley. Like, it, I'm with you. It doesn't matter who it is. Whoever it is, they've put them on this pedestal to quite literally be seen as a star. Whoever's going to be this Joker, they're going to have a big role to play. And AEW has a very important task of when they reveal who this is, if the crowd doesn't react the way they want them to, they cannot give up on it. They have to, like, push this person forward or this team. If it's Britt Baker, you got to change up her entire identity you gotta push her full full gear with this <laughs> no but um i my world is there something to be said though that now they've beaten up jay white as well as now the acclaimed and daddy ass these are all champions but they're not heel or babyface this is a babyface they beat up now and a heel they beat up before so that's got to be worth noting um but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, any other thoughts you had on that uh, the closing segment? I just think jump it, into mine? I I think it's I always get like you know you know how I am with these kinds of angles like I, if it doesn't pay off in a way that it's like somebody new I'm gonna be a little annoyed because like okay I get it if somebody's returning and you want like if this is how you bring Jack Perry back or if this is how you bring somebody else back you know what I mean Punk. fine. It could be fucking Wardlow, because we literally have Wardlow saying he's going to make MJF's life a living hell. You know what I mean? It could be yeah. Wardlow. Because um, if you think about it, here's my gigabrain thing that just came into my mind. Who was the person that had the most effect from the fucking devil mask? What was the, when did that happen? Revolution 2023, right? Or 2022, sorry. Or was that 2023? Was that this year? Or was it the last year? Anyway, Revolution, it was, uh... Wardlow got blocked out, right? Um... Yeah, that was uh, the same. It was night. the one, it was the pay per view right after the summer. What, what what was all in, all out, all out. Oh, that's when the devil mask thing happened. Yep, yep. He, he when MJF he came back. Okay, so yeah. and that was when he had he went face to face with Punk. Okay, okay. Maybe I'm misremembering the order when the devil mask became a thing. But the point is, like, it, obviously the devil mask is synonymous with MJF, and Wardlow has been overshadowed by MJF, so it would make some sense. But I mean, like, the point yeah. is, like. It could be anybody. It could be any of the contenders. It obviously, it's probably not Samoa Joe because he's got a bit of a different build than the, the person we've seen in there. But I mean, you know, just not enough chest on that guy. But I mean, hey, it could be somebody else. Um, I, I, the Britt Baker is the weirdest one that I've seen. I mean, there's obviously the Adam Cole connection. I just don't see it. Um, but that, I don't know. I, I think I'm glad they added a little bit more mystery because I do think they did need to at least get shown one more time before the pay-per-view. And we'll probably get something this week, I'm guessing, as well. Um, maybe like with a little bit more of a hint, but I I don't know. It, you know, AW does sometimes like to do that, like right before the pay per view, and sometimes it accidentally reveals what they, you know what it might actually be. You know, like yeah, yeah. I have no idea who it's gonna be. Um, isn't that fun? That's the best part about this. I you it's, could it's only fun if it's not stupid. Who it you is could like. tell me seven to eight people right now, and I could buy that case just like we were just doing. I could buy that case that it's them, and that's. That is a fucking brilliant spot. Um, I saw someone bring up, what if it's Tony Khan? I, I think, 
I just I that don't would think be hilarious. Do that. I'd actually love that. I don't give a fuck. Well, that'd be yeah, awesome. I, I just don't see them Tony running Khan that angle. Pins MJF to become world champion. And are we going to believe that? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I just don't see it happening. Um, but yeah, uh, either way, we'll move on to my favorite now, which we're going to jump to the end of the week, and we're going to go to Collision. As you teed off at the hey, beginning of the show. that's my show. This was the week of Daniel Garcia. And what I mean by that is, this is kind of the week I feel like Daniel Garcia got back on track. He's been benched for a little bit. He had his Trent Beretta match last week with the incredible promo about calling out MJF. You set us here. He has the match with MJF, which is probably, it probably would have been my other favorite had you chosen this. And he has this match with Andrade, which just like Jay, just like Mark Briscoe and Jay White, who's going to win, right? Who, who's going to take the loss in this? Both these guys desperately need wins. And I love that they're not afraid to go out there and have this match and have a clean result. Andrade, who is now working with CJ Perry, uh, they, uh, in the cold open, they kind of mentioned, uh, you know, you're going to know my answer right away if, if I'm going hot and flexible. And we did learn right away that it is CJ Perry. And Daniel Garcia is fired up more than ever. He's, he's finally off the bench. You know, AEW is a blue chip prospect in Daniel Garcia. Let's let's fucking act like it sometimes, right? Um, I gotta tell you, this this was really fun. And these guys, dude, they were ki- they were fucking hitting the shit out of each other. These they were fucking slapping, and I did not expect that from this match. I thought we were going to be a little more technical exchanged, and we kind of put that to the wayside for the most part this match, but. You know, this inevitably is leaning more towards the Miro and Andrade program, which, you know, I've, I've seen mixed, mixed reviews on uh, this past like couple weeks, but I, I'm personally cool with it. I think that's a fun program. Yeah, for they're having a program without saying a word to each other. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think the match is going to be great. And, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I think Garcia looked good. He had some funny spots with CJ Perry and, Andrade feels I, I I feel like they're building them up, man. I really do. I really do. And uh he won using the figure eight. And you know, I just I have to wonder, are they gonna bring in Flair by his side still? I don't know. And um I, I think if Andrade wrestles a match on the pay per view, which I don't think he's going to currently, but they could they could put Andrade versus Miro. If they they would have to have Miro attack him this week, which yeah. they could do. But they, they could set that match up for sure if they wanted to. Will they? Don't know. Probably more like Revolution time, I'm guessing, is when we'll get him. Or whatever pay-per-view comes before then, if yeah. there's one. Maybe World's End. Yeah, oh yeah, World's End will happen in December. So Maybe at World's End, they'll set, that might be more likely. And then this will have had some more time to cook, and people can maybe get behind it a little bit more. It does seem like a bit of a longer term storyline in that way. It does. I feel like I feel like we're just we're just starting. The Dude, how about the, the gear both guys had in this match? Though it looked incredible. I there has been a significant step up in um, kind of everyone's gear. It feels like whether that's someone new backstage or if they're all just maybe the budget got increased for them to go out and you know get their Dude, own how, or whatever how they're doing fucking dragons cruise that fucking andrade was hitting on fucking oh, Daniel Garcia, so by the way, dude. his legs are dead can no we leg there was collision is has helped us you know with the return of andrade a lot and 
fucking A, whoever you put him up against, he's just so good. So, any other thoughts you had on this match before we kind of hit our little bit of news we got? Uh, first of all, CJ Perry. Hey, yo. Anyway. Um, hey, yo. I hate Missouri. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, just fucking. I love that Andrade's using the figure eight. I hope that, like, someday we can get, like, a situation where Charlotte Flair somehow doesn't get renewed contract in the WWE and decides to just wrestle, like, a couple tag matches with Andrade with, like, Ric Flair on the sideline or something. You know, like, just let, let the family come together for a mixed tag. Maybe maybe put him up against fucking, I, I don't know, Miro and CJ or something like that. I don't know. Do something, you know. Have some fun. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this match other than I really liked it. Andrade is on like a super streak of matches, kind of like how Jay White is. And actually, they collide in that streak of matches they were both having, which is still one of my favorite collision matches of the year, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, bro, I was going back through some of the collision match. You know what else happened on collision this year that's going to make it so impossible to decide collision match of the year? Bullet Club Gold versus fucking up the R, bro. That happened oh, yeah. on collision. There's nothing's beating that. I'm sorry. That's that's collision no. match of the year. Spoiler. That's gonna be it for both yeah, of us. Yeah, that one's gonna be unanimous. That, there's like, no the way we're not picking that. That is ever. one of the greatest matches of all time. <laughs> like, yeah, like, no, that that match was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, so collision continuing to deliver insane match quality week after week. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, for news this week, before we jump into all of our results, we don't have too much here. But um, I think we'll just we'll do, we're gonna do our predictions in the news segment. Probably just make it a little easier. Uh, so our first thing of news here is the Bunny and AW have agreed to part ways. Um, I don't think this comes as like a who super, sh- super shock. Sorry, I had to anyone. bring that joke back. <laughs> yeah, right. It's one of the OGs. That's one of our first ones, bro. If you go back to episode uh, one, I was making that joke, and uh, you know this was just. You know, I think I think we're gonna see a lot of uh, flushing in and flushing out with the roster in the next in the next. I mean, January first is when a lot of these contracts are up, and you're gonna see people coming in. You're gonna see people coming out, and I think 2024 is gonna be the like, the first year in AEW where you're really gonna feel the coming out part more than. Bro, I have. think that's gonna be the first year you see some of the people they signed on like these like sort of prospect deals get cut. Like I think. As much as I hate to say it, somebody like Sky Blue could end up not. I think they see a lot of potential in Sky Blue, but if they, like, six yeah. months from now, I still haven't done something with her, she could be in the performance center, you know what I mean? Until her return. Uh, Red Velvet's a perfect example. I, I I thought there's a chance, yeah, we're just going to see her pop out, and that was it, and she's always going to be I would not be shocked if you went back to the episode where she got her an injury announcement forever ago, if I said on this podcast that this might be it for her, because she got injured a couple of times back-to-back, I want to say. Yeah. And I mean, where's it, Layla Gray been? That's a good point. How long until we just have the mutually agreed to part ways report, you know? Dude, if Layla Hirsch hadn't had her contract renewed, because remember, they signed her to a deal right before she got hurt, you know what I mean? And then she was going to yeah. be out for a long time, and they weren't signing people to longer than, like, remember they were doing a lot of those, like, six-month deals at the time for people that were coming in new, you know? Like, maybe not six months, and but not, like, a full contract, you know? Like, the thing, the thing that I want to say about the bunny is uh, I felt like she was always kind of in a position to be the heel in a mid card that doesn't exist. She would do these tag matches that would get over with the live crowd. You know I mean she's probably got the best women's tag match they've had in that yeah, street fight. I, I agree. And, she does. Her and Penelope had with uh what was it with Anna J and uh time Tay J, yep. Yeah, like I mean, you know, so 
I, and it, it's you one know of those things. Be, you know what she's going to do? She's going to go back and be Ali and, and Impact again, or DNA, I guess now. And she'll she'll be really successful there, probably. You know, I would guess. Yeah. And I just or I, maybe WWE takes a look. Who knows? This is one of those things where we've talked about before, like. Unfortunately, with kind of the way the women are booked, unless you're in Ring of Honor, you know, she could do. There well is in no mid card, dude. So, she really could. She could actually do well in Stardom. I think they like their blonde could. women over there. Yeah, and um, she only wrestled three times in 2023. She, as we've covered before, the injuries. That's kind of criminal, dude. She's pretty good. That's crazy. Oh, she's very good. But she, the injuries. Remember, she had the big comeback match announced and then was pulled the day before because she was still she she actually wasn't cleared. And, um, yeah, it's just something we'll have to keep an eye on. And, uh, yeah, wish her the best. She's one of the, uh, one of the OGs. She was, she was there June 2019, Fighter Fest, you know? That was so, us. She was an AEW Dark regular, so we saw a lot of her, you know, like. Yeah. So, uh, wish her the best of luck. And, uh, yeah. Got a couple of New Japan things here that we wanted to cover. Two new matches have been announced for Wrestle Kingdom 18. Those matches include Zack Sabre Jr. vs. Hiroshi Tanahashi for the uh, uh, New Japan World Television Championship. And then Shingo Takagi will put his never openweight championship on the line against Tamatanga. I think we talked last year that we, uh, we, we watched Wrestle Kingdom, but we just didn't cover it. So maybe this year we'll just fucking watch it and do a show together after. We were up talking too, which is funny. Uh, but it's funny. We literally watched it. I think together for the most yeah. part. Like, and yeah, we, that was we our like, that we was the first like, we uh, New Japan show. Mike and we like, ah, we didn't announce it. It might bury our actual show this week, so we didn't yeah. do it. But honestly, the New Japan shows we've done in the past have done decently well. So, and they don't seem to inter- intersect with and they're like, a blast it's a completely to do. different audience almost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So so for, far, you know, the Wrestle British Kingdom. Uh, so far, our card for Wrestle Kingdom eighteen is we have. The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Sonata, against Tatsuya Naito. We have Kazuchi Okada versus Brian Danielson. We have a three-way match for the IWGP United States United Kingdom Heavyweight Championship, where it's Will Ospreay against John Moxley and David Finley. We have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on the line, where Hiromu Takahashi defends against El Desperado. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Championship, Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney defend against TJP and Francesco Akira. And then the two matches we just announced. So the show is loading up pretty good. We've got a couple of AEW talents on there. and Yeah, we definitely got to review that show for sure. Speaking of AEW talents, the New Japan World Tag League is officially announced. It is running from November 20th to December 9th. And Duke making their New Japan Pro Wrestling debut. The Gates of Agony. Bishop Khan and Toa Leona are in the fucking tournament. Yeah, honestly, this is exactly the kind of seasoning a team like Gates could use to become I, like, one of the best tag teams in the world. I thousand percent agreed. And you know what this also says to me? These guys want to be a team. They want to be better as a team. And they know they can be. Good for fucking them. I did not see this coming Bro, at all. And Toa's fucking screaming. That's going to get over in Japan. That's yes, it will. What a lot of the bigs do. You know what I mean? Like, it absolutely will. Um, so Block A. Uh, well, I'll just run through the sixteen teams that they announced. In Block A, we got Shota Umino and Ren Narita making their tournament debut. 
We have the team of Chaos, which is Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano. This is their fourth tournament. Wait, hold on, just pause really quick. Shota and Ren as a team, by the way, that's that's a, on pay, that just off rip. That's an insane team. That's a fun team. United Empire. We got the Great Okan and Hanare in their third tournament. TMDK, Shane Haste, and is Mikey Aaron Nichols. Hanare the most underrated New Japan wrestler? I think there's an argument for that. I think there is. Although part of me still thinks the the most underrated is the dangerous techers, uh, son of a oh, bitch. Oh, um, um, uh, 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 something with a T. Fucking, it's on um, the tip of my tongue. Oh my Taichi. god, Taichi, there it is. Yeah, king of pro and wrestling. I would agree. All Japan fucking yeah. legend, basically. He's fucking he is uh so fucking good. Uh, but I think him and Hanari, yeah, they 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 both have a case for that. But um, Bullet Club War Dogs, Coglin and Kid this is their second tourney. House of Torture, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi, Kaito Kiyomaya, and Roho, Rohei Oiwa. So Kiyomaya in another tournament. And then Gates of Agony are in that uh, block. We have Block B, Bishamon, fifth tournament, two-time World Tag League winners. Haiku Leo and El Phantasma, Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata. Just five guys, Taichi and Yuya Uemura, Yoda Suji and To Be Announced. Uh, Sobrano Jr. and Atlantis Jr. And then we have Monster Sauce, Lance Archer and Alex Zane. So another AEW talent. And then we have Bullet Club, Rogue Army, Bad, uh, Bad Luck Fale, and Jack Bonza. So pretty healthy tournament. Some pretty good talent. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on Gates of Agony because I would love for them to kind of take over. Like get their name really out there in Japan too. That'd be huge. Um, Chris Charlton kind of said no this was kevin kelly kevin kelly said uh on his twitter that he thinks they might have the biggest impact since war machine made their new japan debut and war machine i'm telling you dude this is this team on paper already is really good when when they're not wrestling and i think they realize this when you separate them and brian cage they become one of the better tag teams in the aw tag division unironically and like you put them against some of these ridiculously hard-hitting New Japan teams, and don't get me wrong, Ko- Toa and, K- and Khan hit pretty hard, but they don't hit New Japan hard. They're going to come back as killers, dude. This is going to be insane. Yeah, it will. So, um, definitely looking forward to that. And let's hit full gear. Well, Great Khan's going to fucking, is going to elbow fucking, back elbow Khan, and Khan's going to be sent into a different like universe of rage. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so as of right now, there are nine matches announced for full gear. I think if anything gets announced, it's just going to be pre-show matches that don't really have any substance. Like, you know, they're just going to be matches that are there to be there. So we're hitting all the, all the meat now. Um, that being said, you go odds, I'll go evens for, uh, for, for predictions here. Um, but we have one zero hour match announced and that is MJF and TBA versus the guns for the so how do we feel ROH about the world tag we, team champions how do we feel about people being able to pick a different partner and defend their tag titles that they won with somebody else uh as as ring of honor lead them what, what do you think of that <laughs> so i'll tell you this i'll tell you what i think i think adam cole is gonna be the tba that's what i okay. think so i think he's, he's probably cleared i'm guessing you know what i mean but i have no yeah. idea it's been like a few months, so he might be, but I don't actually know how long he was going to be out for. So it could not be Adam Cole. But if that's the case, 
weird precedent to be setting. Um, I mean, the Freebird rule has been a thing in the past, and they already have established that the rematch clause rule, which doesn't exist in AEW, clearly, does exist in Ring of Honor. I mean, okay, it kind of does exist in AEW sometimes when they want it to, but like, not really. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a hard and fast rule in AEW. In Ring of Honor, it seems to somewhat be. People tend to get rematches in Ring of Honor even when they lose their title matches. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's a stupid precedent if they said that because, like, I, I, I kind of prefer wrestling when it doesn't work that way. Like, if you win the tag titles with somebody and they can't compete, they, they just didn't want to take it off of them, which is even weirder because they didn't, they probably weren't going to keep them on them for that long in the first place. I wouldn't think, you know what I mean? Unless I'm just crazy, but I don't think this would have been like a super wrong Ring of Honor title reign if, if it had been both of them, but maybe I'm wrong, you know? Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 I guess, I guess I expect that I, I don't expect them to lose the titles without both of them being there, yeah. which sounds really weird because that means I wonder if the first time they wrestle again together is when they lose them. You know what I mean? Like I know it's a that weird would be spot, devastating. Man. But I mean, the guns could actually win these. I could actually see it. and It would kind of make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I actually think I have to go the guns here. I'm with you. I'm I'm going the guns as well. I think they could actually be really healthy for the Ring of Honor tag team division. Yeah, they might actually wrestle there. Yeah, I could th- I could see them showing up more, having some fun matches. I mean, we'll always point to the infantry. Like that's a fun match waiting to happen, you know. Um, but we got to do one. better with some of these Ring of Honor tag titles because, like, we had an entire tag ra- tag title reign for the trios titles with the elite that didn't they didn't show up on the show a single time. Yeah. No, uh, Ring of Honor championships are in a very weird spot. And um, at least Eddie was defending his this week on the fucking show. But, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm going the guns. And I think his partner's going to be Samoa Joe. I think they've been setting it up for that. And I think Joe's just going to fucking lay him out. And that's how the guns win, to be honest. That's, it's just the, the way it's been booked so far. I mean, something might change this week. But that's that's the way I'm going based on the way it's been booked. The ultimate twist. It's Alexander Hammerstone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine if it's Dick Holiday, you know? Could work. Could work. It's 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 uh, Christian Cage as Paul Smackage. <laughs> yes. By God, it's Sting! All right. Um, uh, match number two. We have Hikaru Shida versus Timeless Tony Storm for a singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Uh, Tony Storm's winning. I got I got Tony yeah, Storm. I hate to do it to her, Hikaru Shida, the queen of like less than thirty day title reigns, it feels like, you know what I mean? Like obviously it's been longer this time, I think, but like damn. Shida just yeah. can't hold a championship in this company. I don't know why. I, I guess I guess they want the champion to be able to speak to the to the crowd, but like they don't give them time to speak anyway. So like it's not like I think it's just unlucky, man. Like she the Soraya thing was a moment, right? And then, well, because she already had a year long. Uh, you know ring. what? That's that's bad booking on their part. Then they shouldn't have been putting it on Sheeta if they were just going to take it off of her, just to put it on somebody in their hometown. Like, I'm sorry, like that's not smart booking at that point. Oh, well, you, we were definitely weren't expecting it then. Well, yeah, because it should have probably been Tony versus her in that mo- in that match anyway. Yeah. Like well, at well, the end of the, the thing, Sheeta will always have is she's already the longest reigning champion ever. So. It it doesn't hurt her to lose. Um, I mean, th- Tony wins this. I think she's a fucking four time champion, right? So, like, it's gonna be something kind of nuts. 
well, at least three. It, I, it might be four, but yeah, that could be pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, we both got Tony there. Okay, you got uh, Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland with Ric Flair versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Six man tag. Um, I mean, Sting's probably not losing on his way out, right? A lot, maybe. I mean, maybe. I, yeah, it doesn't I, feel like he will. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go. I'll go. The, I'll go the Stang here. Um. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't see that trio fucking losing. <laughs> I'm excited to see. Copeland don't go in against the ring Darby on paper. You. That's the rule. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Copeland and Christian get in the ring together. All right, singles match for the AW International Champion Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. Ugh. I hate the way Again. this has been booked, man. I fucking hate the way it's been booked. I'm gonna go Orange Cassidy just so it hopefully ends. You? Yeah, I, I think Orange wins. I think he probably defends it on the next next fucking night on or the next. What a weekend. different vibe going into this match against when he went into the All In. What a fucking night and day difference. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, Hangman Adam, on, on the opposite side of the coin, Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland, Texas Deathmatch. What do you got? Bro, Swerve's the king of losing when he's been the absolute worst ever. And he's been an absolute bastard this time. He's got to lose here. Hangman's got to win. He's got to defend his family. Yeah, Swerve's up 1-0. I think Hangman takes us 1-1-1, right? That yep, set it up for World's End for the trio and do it inside fucking goddamn steel cage or something. Yeah, three stages at hell, something. It's good. Uh, Hangman, we'll get into what he cut on Collision, but holy shit. All right, um, so we got a tag team match where if the Golden Jets win, they will get the Young Bucks AEW World Tag Team Championship opportunity, but if the Young Bucks win, the Golden Jets must disband as a team. We're not that lucky. The Golden Jets fucking win. Pain all over. Um, yeah, I. This should be the Golden Elite versus the Young Bucks. This is fucking stupid, and I'm not normally a person that says shit like that. But dude, seriously, fucking Jericho and Omega as a tag at full gear. This what? What happened? This like this was the easiest fucking thing in the world, man. Why are the Young Bucks not going for the tag titles here? Like I don't, I don't, I don't fucking get it. What's happening? Whatever. Um. Uh, who do you got? I mean, because FTR are the tag champions right now. I know, right? This this just feels or, like... Or Bullet Club Gold, because if it was like Jay and Juice, you could have them face them, obviously. But I mean, like... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I got Golden Jets as well. I just, like, I just don't, like... I I what what a yeah what a disaster. Kenny is is in a tag team right now, and it's not with Hangman. This is so weird. Yeah. All right. Up next, we got a three-way match for the AWTBS Championship, where it's Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart versus either Red Velvet or Sky Blue. I'm predicting it's going to be both of them. Um, but uh, who, who do you have winning that match, or do you think it's going to be both? And who do you have winning the TBS title? Um, I have uh, Julia Hart through Sky Blue antics. Okay. I think Sky Blue is going to fully embrace the dark side. And is going to attack Chris Statlander and then lay, you know, like let, allow uh, Julia Hart to get the win. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm with you. I think uh, Julia Hart, I hope she wins this match. 
And um, if I have to pick a winner of the Sky Blue Red Velvet, I hope it's Red Velvet, actually. But maybe Sky Blue then, she could still do some shenanigans and help Julia win. So that would be fine with me. Uh, I think uh, I think we need a new champion here. I think that it's, would be it's red versus blue. We literally have they have to have them one and one. We won in Halo or something, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> we got a four way tag match uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championship: Starks and Bill versus LFI, Rush and Dralistico versus FTR versus Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King. Um, I think this is uh, I think this is a retain. I guess. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really fucking know, man. <laughs> this is, this is kind of hard. I'm going to, I'm going to take the retain, uh, Starks and Bill. Yeah. I mean, when you throw the tag teams against a bunch of other tag teams, that, that, that doesn't spell win for me to those, for those other teams. But then again, you know, there was like a, like a fatal five way, like that had like Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, fucking, uh, Roman Reigns and like Seth Rollins in it or something, and I think Brock Lesnar won the championship in that match. So like you know you just never know sometimes. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, it, you just don't know. I think that was literally on like a random SummerSlam too. There's maybe not even SummerSlam. There's a random pay per view in the lead up or something like that. And there was like yeah, fuck it, just random. Eh, but take, just change the title. Here. We got another Brock title, right? Fuck it, you know? Yeah, right. Fucking Glock Lesnar, Glock Lesnar, and then our main event. We have. uh Jay White, MJF for the AEW World Championship. What do you got? Uh, Juice Robinson betrays and becomes champion. He cashes in his Money in the Bank briefcase. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Imagine, bro. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I'm going to be bold here and say Jay White wins the championship. Okay. I like that. I like that. That would be really, really fucking cool. Um, yeah, I I'll go the opposite coin. I, I think uh, I think we see MGF bring this thing into Long Island. But uh, if Jay White does win it, I will be pretty excited about. Right, hear what, me out. What Jay White wins. Golden Jets lose. Jay White versus Kenny Omega at World's End. Now that would be fucking awesome. And I think we also or live or, in or, or or Jay White versus Kenny Omega versus David Finley at World World's Collide. End. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the best thing here too is if Jay White doesn't win the title, I think we're going to see him compete in the Continental Classic. So, you know, we're going to get a lot of Jay White either way. And I'm sure if MJF uh, happens to lose the title, we'll see him compete in that as well because he's got to have a lot to prove then. So. Yeah, that is uh that's it for our news guys. Hope you enjoyed the predictions again. If there are like some another significant match announced, uh I, I can't imagine. I mean, even the booking the way it's been on TV. Hypothetically Andrade versus yeah. Miro, I'd have Andrade winning. Caught in four K, because we say this every time and they add like three fucking matches I, on Dynamite every single time. And now we hey. have collision, so there'll be some added there too. That's what they did last time, so fuck. But going into it we have uh the two uh, two women's matches on the pay per view too. So hopefully it uh hopefully it picks up, man. And um, what in my wrestling company? I know, right? That being said, I think it's your turn to take over with uh the Ring of Honor results for the people. The people need to know what's happening on Ring of Honor Honor Club. So uh, take us away, where we have a fun episode with Eddie Kingston wrestling. Absolutely. This is episode. Hold on. Scroll Ring of Khan 37! Ring of Khan! 
God! We had an epic opening uh, package about Athena versus Mercedes Martinez last week, showcasing the Sith apprentice of Billy Stocks being born. Um, Billy's no longer in the doghouse with Athena. We had a little card rundown from uh, Mr. 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 Fucking Rickabone. The Rickabone Zone. Um, they need to get some fucking caution tape around the Rickabone Zone. And it's like, it's like, is it like the splash zone at fucking SeaWorld anyway? Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, first match of the night's actually kind of a bit of a sleeper, in my opinion. Tony Nese or Serpentico. I actually think both of these guys are really good. Um, and I think. Uh, this was actually, and this I think you'll agree with this, Charlie. This is the strongest version of the group training promo that Tony Nese has done. Um, I think if he leans more into the, the the like insulting the crowd, I think he's good at that. And I think if he leans into that, but not too hard, like he's done in the past, that he can actually do something with that. And the crowd actually started reacting. I think to this. So, um, and then Ethan Page showing up in the workout gear, comedy, pure comedy from Ethan Page. So it looks like this is yeah, going right. to be the few going forward. So which I'm fine with. Um, that could make it on a Ring of Honor's next pay-per-view, honestly. Because we have another one before December, right? Or, uh, sorry, in December, right? At the beginning of December? Yes. Yeah. The week, the first week or two of December, we'll have a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And then, like, two weeks later, we'll, excuse me, World's End. And that'll be, like, a week or two after uh, full year. So we're going to have, like, a tight three fucking four months there. Plus, and we'll have Wrestle Kingdom in, what, January? So, you know, like, this is going to be like crazy. six weeks away. Be insane. We're gonna have like eight weeks of just insanity wrestling, and then we'll also have Christmas somewhere in there too. Like, anyway, um, plus our awards show. Yep. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. That'll probably go like at least an hour and a half. Now we have collision. You know, um, yeah. we had the infantry and top flight backstage, kind of like connecting, being like, "Yo, I like what you do. I like what you do. You know, like we're gonna do this thing." And uh, I think Carly Bravo had like a really good line or something like that. Maybe it was Captain. You know, Cap don't cap. You know, you know how it is. Um, Heidi Howitzer was back here on Ring of Honor, which I appreciate because obviously her and Maxine Paler are two of my favorite, like random, like AEW Dark Fate people that we just found. You know, occasionally you find some people, and I remember Maxine Paler was just like, we both came into that week of the show being like, who the fuck is Maxine Paler? And then we found out, and we were like, oh, and then they brought in Heidi Howitzer, and we were like, oh, okay, you know. So now we got to see him as a tag team, obviously, but uh, they she's gone to Athena for the Women's World Championship at Proving Ground match. Um, and I'd like to see her, like I said, I'd like to see them both in Ring of Honor. Uh, she got the belt, the honorary belt shot, so I think that means she must be a part of the division now, because that only happens to people that you don't come back usually, so, you know. Um, oh, this next match, Charlie. Lee Johnson taking on Kyle Fletcher. Woo-hoo! All right. Um, Shane Taylor was watching on with the other Lee, a.k.a. Lee Moriarty. Uh, dude, Fletcher's also another. There's like eight guys right now in like AEW that have been on these insane singles match streaks as lately that just cannot miss. And Kyle Fletcher is one of them. And I think Lee Johnson's honestly starting to get a little bit of respect now that they put him. They've put him like three or four times in a row, Charlie, in these spots where he's actually getting matches to show off what he can do. And I think he's delivering, man. Um, and this honestly, this match to me, Charlie, you know, when I remember the prototype that I told you when I when I predicted what I would think Ring of Honor would be like in the modern age. Yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about. Two young guys who are athletic as fuck and who know exactly what they're doing and how to work a crowd going out there. They're not in front of a ton of people because it's Ring of Honor. Right. But they put on a fucking show and they showed off the athletic side of wrestling that makes wrestling interesting to me. Um, Layla Hirsch uh, took on uh, Charlotte Renegade. Uh, just kind of a quick victory, and then Rachel Ellering came in to make the save, kind of similarly to uh, how she had for, uh, sorry, yeah, 
associated before. And Layla wasn't like as mad about it, so I guess like character development, you know, cool. All right, Iron Savages were here, and uh, they said they're here to eat that ass. <laughs> Uh, they took on Carter and Garrison. Uh, we had more. I'm gonna bust. Oh, Riccoboni's a confirmed milf lover, by the way. That's that he said it himself. I, these I'm just saying facts here. Uh, Maria Canellis had a. Uh, this is how I put it in my notes. Maria Canellis was a unique distraction. Um, <laughs> take that to mean what you will. Um, Griff Garrison cheating in this match blatantly. So I guess Garrison has gone to the dark side. So much character development on Ring of Honor. Um, and the Iron Savages pick up the win here? Hey, what? You. What? Charlie, all right. World. I know I'm supposed to move past some shit, but like, the Iron Savages win? It's about time. They got a goofy gimmick. I think it can work. <sighs> Build up this division, you know? So we got a little announcement saying that Joe dropping the title, which we actually kind of skipped that past because that happens on Dynamite at some point. But Joe dropped the Ring of Honor in television title. Um, and TK is going to make an announcement. So we'll probably have some kind of tournament regarding that, I'm guessing. Uh, we'll get that announcement next week on Ring of Honor. Billy Starks took on Rachel Ellering. Um, I love that they can, like, like I said earlier on this, give two young, talented stars an opportunity here. And they did that here. Um, and then Billy Starks and Athena were like, kind of like sort of threatening that they were going to beat her up after the match. And then, oh, here comes Layla, uh, character development. Josh Woods then got a really quick squash. He's got the pure title in his sights. We're starting to see Dark Starks, it feels like, slowly but surely, you know? Yeah, I think so. Darth Starks has been born. Um, the Infantry <laughs> and Andretti took on, uh, sorry, Infantry and Andretti and Martin took on Shane Taylor Promotions and the Wingman here. They uh, popped some smoke during the entrance, which, uh, you know, that, that went all the way through the Andretti and uh, and and, uh, and Martin entrance as well. Um, dude, this new STP theme is fucking vibey as hell. Yeah. I like it, dude. This is going to be fucking awesome. A lot of young talent, hungry talent, trying to get their fucking names across. The cat just knocked my notes on the floor nearly. Good thing I got good reflexes. Ooh, um, Anyway, um, it was a little cat fucking running right there. Um, the level they they just absolutely leveled the wingmen and then bailed the fuck out. That was STP's goal here, so they just like sacrificed the wingmen to the blood god and they moved on. Um, Rachel Ellering was backstage and uh, her team with Layla was teased up by Maria Canellis, so I guess that's going to be the connection that puts them under Maria Canellis's uh banner. Is going to be the two of them as a tag team, so. We don't got many women's tag teams in AEW or Ring of Honor, so this is a great place to test it. Fuck it. All right, Gravity took on Realistico, and we have both brothers, the former Ring of Honor world champions here, both two crazy Lucha guys, and that's what you got here. Some absolutely crazy Lucha madness. It's crazy that we got this match right before uh, Eddie Kingston versus Angelico, which I think actually probably would have been um, a, a much longer match if that match wasn't coming up right after. So, um, But either way, um, we had some Ring of Lucha flavor here. Super cool Canadian destroyer finish. Picking up the win, I believe it was uh, Gravity here, I want to say. Um, and let me just check my notes here. I'm pretty sure it's Gravity that picked up the win here. Um, I think it was released ago. Was it go? Either yeah. way, it was a really cool finish. It, it might have been go. They're actually building up LFI right now. That might actually make sense. I just, I honestly didn't write it down in my notes. I actually think I did because I had the word the lot of W there, but I didn't. I might I might have just not finished typing what I was typing. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I do that all the time. Do 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 do. All right. Um. Yeah, it was your list. Go. My bad. Anyway, the point is, I got every other result right. So anyway. Um. Yeah. So good match there. Um. 
probably the other match that I would recommend for Ring of Honor with Sting besides Eddie Kingston versus Angelico, which we'll get to right now. Um, Eddie Kingston took on Angelico for the Ring of Honor World Championship. We got some of his 400 submissions that he allegedly knows. Mm-hmm. So he's not quite, you know, Jericho, the man of a thousand holds, but 400 is not bad for some random South African dude. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it's probably the biggest opportunity Angelico's ever been given since he's been on a thing that we reviewed, Charlie. I think he knocked it out of the park here in every way. Um, bro, and I love that they let him kick out of the Urican because not everybody does that. You know what I mean? Like, and it puts in Helico on a certain level. I, and I just, I feel like we're so close to getting that Brian Danielson match. Just give it to me on a random dynamite. Just give it to me. You know what I want, Tony Khan. Give me what I want. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I, uh, I, I was going to say. Northern Lights bomb here off of another Urican, but go ahead. Yeah. This is the kind of match that we've been talking about. Like our world champion in Helico has been getting built up and we've been, we've been mentioning that he's been picking up wins. So he gets rewarded with a main event. They didn't try and throw shit on at the end. God, let's hope they they're fucking done with that. But this was the main event. This was the biggest match on the show. And I thought Eddie looked strong as hell, by the way, too. He looked good. And uh, and Helico looked like he belonged in this spot. So he's like, God, he he's the most underrated wrestler in Ring of Honor, without a doubt. So I like, I'm really glad we got to see him get this spot. And um, they announced uh, Eddie versus Dalton next week, right? So yeah. So just as the match. match is over, Dalton Castle shows up. Dalton Castle says he knows. That we haven't been getting what we want from him. That we're disappointed in him. That we want more from him. And he's challenging for the fucking world championship. And he said he's going to smash his head through a fucking window or something like that. I'm in. How fun <laughs> is that? Like, dude, this is ring- early enough in Eddie's title reign, too. They could honestly drop it off of Eddie here and have him still be around as the New Japan champion. You know what I mean? And that would be fine. You know what I mean? I yeah. honestly think Dalton could genuinely win this championship at, at the next We game. need to see someone uh, face Eddie for that title at... Uh... I think What's this is who Eddie's facing at. I mean, they're gonna. Fa- I think. I think there'll be some shenanigans or something like that. I don't know. If it, I don't think Dalton's gonna win or anything like that. But I think that they, they, this will continue. I mean, unless it's just a one-off, which would be really disappointing. And honestly, what happens on fucking uh, the next time we see Dalton could kind of lead credence to that, maybe. But I mean, I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I I hope they're building Dalton up here because I would like to see him win. I would like to see Dalton either be world champion or TV champion or something like that. Like, we need to, we need something for Dalton. He's too important and too good to not be used he regularly. Feels like he at least on the top Bonner, of our card, right? yeah. If not on fucking AEW, you know what I mean? Like, fuck, agreed. I mean? Like, so, and that's all right. Of honor. Yeah, this is solid stuff this week. Some solid stuff, and um, that brings me to Dynamite, where we open up with Shivani backstage introducing MJF, asking about Jay White pinning him last week. MJF said it's not going to happen again. He gets on video chat with Adam Cole again. Adam. Cole said he's worried about Max at full gear, and if he wants to win against the guns, he needs to take Joe up on his offer. And Jeff's like, dude, you keep saying that. Like, chill. He has to handle Danny Garcia first. Uh, Matt Menard, Parker, and uh, Danny enter. And uh, Jeff said it's talent over tenure and questions whether he's going to the, uh, he's facing the professional wrestler or the sports entertainer. He hit, the, uh, he hit his little uh, Menard impression pretty good, I must well, say. Even Menard was like, damn. Garcia said he's getting the professional wrestler before walking off. Strong uh, Roddy rolls in with the kingdom, tries to get MJF to make him his partner. MJF refuses and storms off. Basically, same thing from last week. Cole cuts off his video, and Strong said it's time to remind everyone who the hell he is. 
I like that out of Rodri, uh, Roger Stong. Um, I, I was going to wait until we got to his match, but like, bro, we got to get him out of the wheelchair. He can keep the fucking collar. I don't even give a shit, but get him out of the wheelchair. Come on. He needs to be like, it's just weird. I don't know at this point. Yeah, it's it's full gimmick now, especially with the way they booked the match. Um, so we open up with MGF defeating Daniel Garcia to retain the AEW World Championship. My only complaint about this match and why I picked the collision match for Daniel Garcia over this was this felt like it was a little too short for uh, the bout that I thought we were going to get, but it was a fully booked show, and I'm happy we got the match anyways as MGF's historic title reign continues i mean this is truly this is a generational title reign right that's the way he's i mean it's not even questionable anymore mjf is probably other than the title reign that orange cassidy has had that which is probably the best singular title reign this is the greatest champion in the history of AEW, without question like yeah every match he's putting up a good uh good match against anyone and uh my my favorite thing about this too was it felt like Daniel Garcia belonged. He can hang in the world championship picture. He didn't feel out of place. The crowd cared about him. Commentary glazed him up. They weren't glazing up uh, Matt Menard. I can tell you that much. They were giving him some shit. But um, Danny looked like he belonged. And uh, you know, I I I mentioned That's because uh, they know Matt Menard's coming with their commentary jobs. Exactly, uh, but this is the Star Wars return of the Daniel Garcia, and that was the that was the vibe this week. But as a Sith or a Jedi, you must defeat the Sith to join. No, but um, yeah, uh, MJF ended up winning with the uh, Salt of the Earth submission. So post match, MJF offered a handshake. Garcia went for it, but Menard and Parker pulled him back. MJF asked if Garcia will keep following them or go to the crowd chant for Garcia. But, uh, yeah. He got Bro, the end got bad. Like, oh, like, I made a noise. I was like, come on, when they did that. Yeah, right. Fucking healing it up. Uh, but yeah, any other thoughts you had on this match and, uh, kind of how, how our boy belonged, man? And yeah, this has been the guy that I'd say. Would you say besides Ricky, this is the guy we've been the most invested with uh, since we started reviewing this, honestly? like One of our pillars. One of our guys. Ricky Starks, Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Yuta, and the good brother, uh, Dante Martin, who's been injured for almost a year. Yeah, it's tough to remember him when he's never there because he's hurt. I mean, dude literally spun his fucking foot around. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like oof. Darius had a hell of a spot on collision, too. Dude, Darius, bro, fucking talk about hell of a spot. El Hio del Vikingo almost fucking died. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, my guy, is he okay? Oh. Anyway. Has anyone checked on El Hio? Hey, he's got a hard head, anyway. <laughs> um, You gotta have a hard head to do that. I mean, think about it. How many times has he taken that bump on a completely exposed concrete in Mexico? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, probably a lot. You know what I mean? A lot of it would give you the chills. <laughs> Dude, think about those fucking bootleg Mexican shows that they do. You know what I mean? That's gonna be crazy. Think about like, getting your living to... Like, you, get, you get, like, a fucking hot dog to wrestle like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm exaggerating. But you know what I mean? Like, the passionate uh, yeah, fans like, make it all worth it, right? 
right? I mean, that's the thing. Those guys, those guys, the reason why those Lucha guys like El Hio and fucking Mystico and fucking all these other guys can come over and like gravity, even it's like that guys that cut their jib over in those a triple a fucking CMLL fucking, you know, type promotions is because they do literally when they're, when they're on the way up, it's not like wrestling in America. You are literally wrestling for the love of it. Cause it's part of the culture down there. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah. it is here too, but in a different way, you know? Yeah, not to completely derail, but like that's you know, I I just appreciate that shit. You know what I mean? Like, no, exactly. Um, uh, up next we had a Sting and Darby Allen squash match against the, the Outrunners. Outrunners booked and Tony Storm not in a match. What is happening here? Yeah, uh, Sting won with the uh, Scorpion Deathlock on Floyd. Speaking of Tony Storm, she was backstage with Shivani uh, doing an interview with Karoshita. And uh, it was in black and white, of course. Uh, the whole point of this was Sheeta questioning, you know, what happened to Tony? Are you still upset about what happened at All In? Yeah, Sheeta was playing the role of the audience here. Yeah. And uh, Tony goes, yeah, well, I'm going to become the first three-time women's champion. Sheeta will never have the spotlight. She signed the contract, as did Sheeta. She said, what will happen is what will always happen. She'll beat Storm at full gear. Chin up, tits out, watch for the shoot. When she said that, it made me think uh, Sheeta's actually going to win, but... For the sake of uh, we don't know what's going to happen this week still, my gut says Tony Storm. And I'm assuming you kind of feel the same, like your gut saying Tony Storm. But I that's mean, the kind of line that you have Sheeta win from, though. Well, that's true. I mean, Sheeta could actually be, and when we talk about this with every Sheeta title reign, as much as we are to book her to lose it immediately, because that's what she usually does, she, she could have a long title reign, too. That wouldn't be that surprising. I would not be surprised if she dropped it, Riho came in, had a couple months of a title reign, and then they bounced it back to Tony or somebody like Tony. You know, Jamie Hayter is going to come back from injury relatively soon, too, I would think. You know what I mean? So whenever she comes back, she's going to be yeah. champion. There's no question. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. kind of like how Chris, Chris Statlander was, like, a not even a question mark. As soon as she came back, it made complete sense for her to get immediately get a title shot, even though she didn't have any reason to have one, technically. It's going to be the same way with Jamie. Jamie, she was good. Jamie was going to walk into or maybe walk out of the pay-per-view in England with that championship, because it probably would have been her versus Paige. You know what I mean? Like. Sorry, yeah. Soraya, you know? Um, but, like, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I my, like I said, my gut says that. But also, like, who the hell knows? Like, it could be yeah, Sheeta. It could really be, knows? it could be, it yeah. could be fucking, God, it could be Soraya. You know, money in the bank cash in. I don't know. And then up next we have Swerve and Here's a Penta real question. Does AEW so. need, like, something like the money in the bank? No. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, up next we have Swerve taking on Penta. So this is kind of one of those matches that at the top of the show we were kind of talking about, you know, two guys that we've always known about as being great wrestlers. And not to repeat myself so many times throughout the show, but, you know, matches like this are what AEW was built upon. And I feel like we're getting back to the basics. And uh, I just want to really emphasize that this week because... I feel like there hasn't been a lot of discussion about that that I've seen online, and I just I think it's very important to note that you know, <sighs> holy crap, dude, this was a lot of fun. Um, this there <laughs> spot mania can can we use that to describe? You know, it's a Pentagon match, so you kind of know what you're getting into. You're gonna get the the super chops and the super spots, and uh, Bro, delivered Pentagon on all is of like it. your fucking WWE wrestler when you have like your ten finishers on, like yeah, literally, and you know he he he's got like seven or eight, you know, 
classic moves that he uses. And I know some people, that's why they, they dislike Pentagon matches. But for me, it works. And he knows how to, in my opinion, just use those moves in a way that I believe it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just, this was a slugfest. Yeah, this fest. is real, and, actually. Those of you that don't know, wrestling is real. And this was a slugfest, and I just, uh, Wrestling's I really real because it. Swerve is real. I, I believe that Swerve is really breaking into people's houses. That's what I believe. <laughs> Powerbomb Death Valley Driver, uh, getting the, and then snapping the arm of Penta. Swerve stomp, and he gets the pinfall. So All that, but he tried to rip the man's tongue out. What the fuck? He's a sadistic fuck. And uh, this is Joker Joker Strickland in full swing, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is kill shot, let's be real. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Um, Dude, the cra- how about that apron cra- Canadian destroyer? That was nuts. Oh, yeah, then, was- then, and then also, how about Hangman attempting murder on the man after the match? Yeah, Hangman appears with a chair. He's swinging it wildly. Strickland and Nana are trying to bail, but only Nana can get away. Strickland was laid out with the chair. So were security guards. Uh, Paige connected with the dead eye off the stage through a table. What a fucking, what a gif. I, you I know first what? saw that I, you know what I just thought? The last time Hangman was this serious against somebody was John Moxley. And you know what he did? Remember, we had Drink Hangman. Remember? We got to see Drink Hangman for this match, I think. Yeah. Ooh, it's going to be good. Um. Strickland, uh, Th- this could new. steal the show at full gear, by the way. This match, 100%. The I Texas mean, I, death match, I, oh. I think if Hangman, if this is as good as it, if we think it might be, I, I Hangman might have to take that moniker and just run with it. The, the, dude, honestly, this might have to open the show. Like, for, for real, for real? I mean, they might not. They might stick it in the middle because it's the gimmick match. But, I mean, you know, if this opens the show, dude, it could be crazy. Agreed. Um, Marvez backstage Bullet Club Gold. We're back from vacation. Uh, Jay White cut the promo that he's been cutting for uh, a couple weeks now. It says no matter what MJF does, no matter what MJF does, White will always be better than he is. So it's my favorite line to take away from it. Uh, the Street Fight video package is shown with Jericho, Abushi, Paul White versus the Don Callis family. And um, yeah, uh, I was not the biggest like fan of that whole fight without Brian Danielson in. What? I, right. Uh, the graphic was incredible, but uh, was not the biggest fan of the whole uh, Paul White showing up as his his boy last week. Uh, just I'm not I I get sad that this is what we're doing with Omega, and uh, feels like we just didn't go full swing. Uh, you are not happy again. with the Omegalodon right now. Feel like it's just uh, you know I I can't imagine this is what he wants to be doing. But then again, then again, maybe he's always. You know, let's be real. If Kenny doesn't want to be doing something, he's got the pull to not do it. You know, he does, but he's also the kind of guy that will do what's got to be done. And I, I, I understand that he wants but to get down with some Canadians. Let's be real. I'm sure he's always in his head, and I'm sure Jericho's thought the same since he's known Kenny. That yeah, maybe we could run a little tag together. So I don't know. There's that, right? They did it in Winnipeg earlier, and it was pretty good. So, um. Yeah, they go into a, a backstage thing with Renee, and it's just, yeah, talking about next week's final boss battle. We have a match that uh, I loved, and that's Samoa Joe and Keith Lee for the ROH television title. Uh, the crowd was so into this, I believe. Did you rewatch on the Fight TV feed of this as well? Uh, like, And you could hear the picture-in-picture, picture, the crowd chants. 
fucking brilliant. Oh my god, they were comedy. They were they were so slap good. that meat, fucking meat forever, fucking. <laughs> uh, Shivani thought they were saying something all elite. Jesus, man. Um, this is no, all right, but, uh, here's what I wrote in my notes: Mega meets mashing monstrous moves. That's what I wrote in my notes. That's the legit thing in my notes. I think I think that sums it up better than I ever could. Uh this was an awesome match, guys. Seriously, um, if there was a. Uh, if you're just maybe you didn't catch any of AEW this week. Oh, there was also a Taz's meet chant. I think Taz's meet. Yep. If you want a, a fun match that's gonna pull your attention for about a good ten minutes and just keep you thoroughly entertained, this would probably be the one I'd recommend. This was a lot of fun. Post match though, Duke, I, I I gotta get your thoughts on this as our as the guy who covers Ring of Honor here. Samoa Joe relinquishes the title. After an incredible match with Keith Bro, there Lee. was never going to be someone to beat this guy for this championship. This was the right move. Whether okay. they should have done it now or after the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, that's probably a question that we can ask after whatever tournament or whatever situation we put together. Because he's going to have to put somebody in a match uh, on the pay-per-view for it. So I'm assuming there'll be some kind of like like podunk tournament in the next few weeks you know what i mean like because ring of honor loves to do that with their with their television title uh just throw together like a random tournament to decide a contender um but i mean i have no idea it is wild that he just dropped the title right after this match um but i mean like i it's it's like who is gonna beat him if you're not gonna have keith lee take it off him here i i can't think of anybody that you would put in that position other than like dalton castle who is going after the world title right now so um and Shane yeah. is currently in the tag division, so like you know what I mean. Like I like you know what I mean. Like I don't really know what the plan is at this point. Uh, so I I I can think of some yeah. people that could benefit from having that championship. Ethan Page, maybe Tony Nese. Maybe... Page would have been perfect. Page would have been perfect. Yeah. Um... And I think this is something that. We've been wondering for a while now. Some Does of that the... mean that Jay Jay loses? MJF at, at the next pay-per-view drops it to Joe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, but we've been wondering for a while now, you know, what's the point of putting these championships on Ring of Honor guys, or on on core AEW stars, we'll, we'll say, and they weren't bringing them on Ring of Honor. And, you know, the, the end-all thought that we kept putting out there. Early you know, ROH, Joe was there. Like he was. Yeah, yeah. No, Joe was there. Joe was there. Of Honor. Like he but, came back in Ring of Honor. Like he, you know, like he's the only person that returned that showed up in AEW that showed up in Ring of Honor. No, yeah, yeah. Joe was there. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's this is a fundamental thing, and it, it felt like maybe, just maybe, they were using these guys so they could sell the pay per view, right? We're a couple weeks out from the pay per view, and now they've had Samoa Joe's not going to be on it. The Hung Bucks were never on uh, Ring of Honor, and they've dropped their titles again. And, you know, we've talked about how MJF, I, correct me, but I don't think MJF's even showed up at all outside of one backstage segment. One that was pre-taped and it said AW in the fucking corner. What is the point? Why? I just, we're entering a stage where I'm just going, what is the point? Because... You, the first person that, even if it wasn't the first person that came to mind, the first person you mentioned was Ethan Page. They've built him up. They've been building him up very, very well. And we both agree on that. Why not just have him beat Joe at the pay-per-view 
Because that would have meant I'll, that I'll much more. A couple of other people. Gringo Loco had a lot of great matches. Yep. Um, uh, AR Fox had a phenomenal run on Ring of Honor. Yep. Um, uh, um, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, there's some people in my mind. Just there's so many. Up. I mean, all the Luchadors, man. Uh, yeah, Gravity. Gravity, Drillistico, Commander, Drillistico. Yeah. Fucking El Hiodio Bakingo. I mean, you couldn't have just had Joe lose to one of these guys. Instead, now he's relinquishing. I, I get the idea behind it, and I don't want to sound like I'm tunnel visioned here. I get the idea of, okay, we just had our greatest title reign ever with this belt in their eyes. You know, he was the first like massive champion since Tony Khan reacquired this company and this and that. And okay, he just did that. We're moving on. I understand relinquishing it, but dude. Now we're going to enter another fucking tournament title for this title that the last couple haven't worked because it hasn't felt like we're going to have a real person beat him. Why not just have Shane beat him when they did it? Because I, I think Shane beating him on All Out would have been fucking huge and Shane would still be living off that. I just don't know, man. I I think there's a very good chance Shane is in the tournament to decide who's going to be the champion. I, whether or not he wins that, no idea. Um... You know, if you're not planning on using the infantry to win the tag titles anytime soon, maybe you could throw it on like Sean Dean or something like that. Yeah. I, you know, I, and it's going to be the same thing with the guns because I I remember we were talking a little bit ago. Like, how, I, I wonder how many times the guns have been on, on Ring, Ring of, of Honor, Honor though, because like they don't have time yeah. to wrestle. They, they get shoved in like two minute matches, and if they want to actually have matches, there's plenty of Ring of Honor teams they could have matches with. You know what I mean? Like, and I but I mean maybe they probably won't use them like that either. But I do think they are going to win those titles though, so I think. Those titles may just be on pause for a little while, which like I, mean, I kind of laugh at. Of and, or, or and sorry, they were with FTR, so I mean, like they did defend yeah. them, but not nearly as much. You know, I, I I dismiss the idea of how bad do you want it in like certain sports, right? Like basketball and football. To me, every player that's in the fucking Super Bowl wants to win it. And when people are like, "Oh, well, uh, the Eagles just didn't want it that bad," no, they fucking did. But in wrestling, I think it actually does apply, and. Well, because there is a certain amount of it. There are people that are never going to want to be. I mean, I'll give you an example. Dolph Ziggler would probably love to be like a 10-time world champion, right? Yeah. However, Dolph Ziggler also recognizes that he has the ability to take somebody who is, or or Tyler Breeze, has the ability to take somebody who is maybe even better than them and still somehow mm-hmm. elevate them, even though they're not, you know what I mean? And not lose anything. And still be able to go out and do that every single week or every so often, you yeah. know. And it doesn't matter that you're not the champion because you're gonna you're gonna make a fuck ton of money to make other people look really good and elevate them to that level. So it's like, you know, and you I, I just get point to Athena right now and, and they'll the same time. Remember what was it like two years ago? Now Dolph Ziggler just randomly won a world title at one point or something like that because. Yeah. They were like the NXT title. Yeah. yeah, they were like, "Yeah, we just need a champion right now, and you've you've been a great champion, you know, builder for us. So here, go get one of world title, Dolph. Go have a great time." And I mean, he was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll be world champion in NXT for a bit. I'll build some guys up over there." You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like you can be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I and like, yeah. So you don't need everyone to be champion, but the championship can be a great way to elevate people sometimes. So I, you know, and and I always point to Athena with that statement because how bad does she want it? Well, she has gone Dude, out there. And she has made that she one of wants the most more prestigious than women's championships in the world. I don't care what anybody says. Yes. The next person to win that championship is going to be a fucking megastar. She she wanted it, and um, I think if the guns want it, 
I think they can go out there with these titles, and I think they could have a legacy reign of these titles on Ring of Honor television, week in and week out, defending against multiple teams, including the ones they've never faced. I got a pitch for you. Let the guns hold these championships and do nothing with them for a couple months, and then when the gates come back, unleash the gates on them. Well, now the gates are gone with titles, too. They already have the fucking trios titles, and they're in Japan now. So, we're not going to see those on TV anytime soon, right? (laughs) Weird, man. I just, yeah. um, I I feel like we had to spend a little time on that. Um, Backstage, we got OC and Hook. They're standing by. Cassidy said Moxley's the only person he's thought about ever since Moxley left him in a pool of his own blood it all out. Cassidy apologized for picking up the piece, not of Ray Phoenix, but of the international title that Moxley dropped. Cassidy needs to beat Moxley in order to be the international champion. He knows he can be, and will do that at full gear. This was delivered incredibly. This was an incredible promo. I just, unfortunately, this storyline's lost all interest in me, and I don't think it's going to come back, unfortunately. I'm excited for the match, though, that being said. And, uh, um, come on, even Mox cutting one of his fucking Moxley promos, and then like two segments later, they didn't do it for you? Come on. Nope. I, I have zero interest in this match, and I just wanted to move on. And I, uh, I never, I didn't think I'd feel like that. I really didn't. But you know, what I this just dude could use some Danhausen. That'd be fine. Yeah, I, I, Orange Cassidy and Hook entering a blood storyline too would be pretty good too. Um, yeah, uh, the guns squash the Bollywood boys. So guns up. Hey, shout outs to Herb and Gerv. They cut a hilarious promo after this. Um, Austin Gunn at one point, he just goes, if any of you, the way he said shit really got me. Um, that totally might've been on collision actually, but either way it was fucking It was hilarious. And, uh, yeah, they look strong here. They look very, very strong. I think it was on collision. They cut that promo either way. Uh, yes. Moxley and you backstage. Moxley says he's been getting calls. Let Orange Cassidy off the hook. Cassidy didn't know what he was doing when he won the international title. When he won back the international title. He questions the example he'd be setting for Yuta if he doesn't beat the piss out of Cassidy. Woo! That was a fucking brilliant line. Issues a challenge next week for himself and Yuta against Cassidy and Hook. Should be a good match. Yuta said Hook has messed with the wrong crew and said he'll see Hook in Cali. So expect that match to be official. Um, Yo, Hook making the paper. Bro, bro. I'm down. I am down. A couple of young stallions right there, right? Yeah, the, literally the future of AEW. And then, um, in just an absolute brilliant moment. The training montage! No, uh, we get a training montage of Wardlow. And I just, I, I had to picture that music while it was happening. Um, <laughs> uh, the first three years in AEW, uh, saying that the first three years in AEW career, a foot was constantly on his back, holding him down, making him feel worthless. MGF won't know where or when, but when MGF realizes it, it'll be too late. Do I have to do it to him, Charlie? Wardlow's losing in like 10 minutes. The days of the devil ruling over AEW are coming to an end. Charlie, he's losing in 10 minutes on Rampage. Wardlow is our next AEW world champion. He's going to get 1v2'd. He's going to have two Wardlows and still lose to MJF for the Ring of Honor titles. You know, 
a year ago. All right, if you had to pick someone to be the second Wardlow, who are you picking? Oh, uh, Zach Clayton. Hundred <laughs> percent. Was it ever a question? We have the return of Red Velvet facing Julia, Julia Hart, and um, God, I gotta tell you, man, this is a fun match. It's nice to see Red Velvet back. You know, she's she's doing her shake it up thing. She hit this uh, drop kick, dude. It's literally like picture perfect. They they were running the ropes opposite ends. They collide in the middle, and she hits this fucking kick. And, uh, dude, I I saw a gif of it as well. And I was like, yeah, anytime anyone wants to know, like, oh, who's Red Velvet? Show them shit like this, man. Really good. Um, these are two girls that I, uh, I would like to see either of them win the, uh, TBS championship and, and get a chance with it next. I think it could benefit both of their careers. And, um, yeah, uh, Hart won with a thrust kick and a massive moonsault for the victory. Post-match, a heart locked on Heartless before Sky Blue hit the ring. She has a face-off until uh, Statlander and Nightingale join. Nightingale helped out Velvet while Statlander stared down Julia, who just left. So, that was pretty cool. And then in our last segment of Dynamite before the main event happened, RJ City is backstage. He said we may have heard rumblings, and it turns out they're true. He's honored to introduce AEW's newest signing, Mariah May. She looked like a million bucks, too. She walks in, she said she's so excited to be in AEW. RJ asks her plans and goals. She goes, she's a big fan of RJ City's work with Tony Storm. Uh, Storm is the reason she's in AEW. And uh, RJ City lets her in on a little secret that uh, Tony Storm just left, but next week, he'll introduce her. Mariah May gets ecstatic. She kisses RJ City. You lucky son of a bitch. She thanks yeah, him. RJ and City fucking out there getting fucking laid, bro. No. <laughs> I wish this would have been uh Yeah, this this was really fun, man. Um and I thought this was a kind of a fun way to introduce her in the sense of just kind of getting her out there and maybe not tossing her out there in this program but keeping her with Tony Storm. Okay. Uh, I would not gl- be surprised if she entered with Tony Storm at the pay-per-view. If they want to go that far. Like, they could connect on this episode of Dynamite, and that'd be a thing. But it, I would think if then Tony wins, then Mariah turns on her. I would think. I wouldn't think they would keep them as a pair immediately. Like, maybe they would, but we've kind of done that with a lot of the women in AEW. And, like, the, the Brit versus Jamie term was kind of natural. You know what I mean? Like... They they drifted apart from each other, and I guess they would probably still be a tag if they came back, but I don't know, you know what I mean, with how Jamie has, like, defined herself as a single star, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, we need more stars like that, like, Mariah May will probably be a regular, I assume she'll move to the US, you know what I mean? Um, it sounds like she already has. Okay, well, good. there you go then, so, yeah. Um, but, um, she's been someone we've had more stardom talent. We could see that yeah. happen more. So she's been on the cards for a while, and I think you know, losing Bunny in the same week and bringing in Mariah May, it's like I. This is kind of what we're talking about. Like we expect to see this a little more often. Of do uh, what I can't believe we're going to finish twenty twenty three without having had Mercedes on AW television. That's a travesty. Very, there's a very good chance of that. Yeah, um, unless she's cleared and we don't know, and maybe she shows up at full gear and challenges Tony Storm, our new champion, or Hikaru Shida. That would be incredible. Big money, big money moments are are happening there. But uh, Mariah May is a very welcomed Mercedes is the Joker uh, locker room. Oh shit! There you go. Okay, 
Um, let's hit Rampage real quick, huh? And then uh, you take us home with Collision, as we already did our predictions, if you guys have not checked. Uh, if you guys were behind or something. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Okay, I was loading up my Rampage notes. Uh, Bro, Ricky I forgot Starks. how much of a fucking banger Preston Vance's current theme is. So good. Um, we have Ricky Starks defeat Preston Vance in some singles action. This felt like a collision match opening up Rampage. Uh, Big Bill on commentary, dude. That was kind of nice. Large and, uh, William. Live Rampage. How about that? I thought that uh-huh. was a nice touch. Uh-huh. You literally sounded just like the fucking thing. That was actually incredible. That wasn't me clicking the button. <laughs> that was actually nuts. What the fuck? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got it. You fucking win. Um, but yeah, this is fun, man. Uh, I don't hate Preston Vance uh, losing in this spot. As uh, Ricky Starks is just a fucking stud. And uh, he lost via shenanigans. Big Bill. So. After the match, the tag champs took some cheap shots on Vance. But Lost Roosh. via Large Willie. Roosh. Roosh. And Jalistico came out to make this save. Fun opener there, eh? Oh, these are a couple of your collision yeah, boys. So. Oh, yeah. Preston Vance is one of those guys that I watched evolve over the course of Dark. I remember, I remember being like, ah, I don't know about this 10 guy at first. And then I was like, take the mask off because I found out what he looked like. And I was and like, then nah, John take, take the mask off. And then, like, and then they took the mask off. And you know what? LFI, he fits LFI so much more. Do you remember when he was doing the mask collecting gimmick? They need to bring yep. that back where he had the fucking bandana of masks, bro, or connected with masks. Bro, he needs to bring that shit back. Collect masks, collect skulls, collect collect souls, send bodies to hell, send them to the shadow realm. I'm so down. I'm sorry, to send I things to the shadow right realm. Chris Jericho cut a promo with Rene Paquette for his match on Sunday in DDT with Takeshita. And then after this promo, Shivani said the match was taking place in the Tokyo Dome. But, uh, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> Shivani, what happened there, man? <laughs> but, uh, no, Jericho ended up uh, tapping Fucking out Takeshita Shivo, in that match. Man. Uh, Takeshita taking L's in his promotion against Jericho. GG. Well, when Air, you're in a feud uh, with Jericho, you, you're going to have to lose to Jericho a couple times. Lexi Nair was interviewing Don Callis and Prince Nana. Um, they're they're negotiating, man. Like what what's going on there? Uh, Cal says Brian Cage will be the fourth man, like a dragon street fight on Wednesday. And uh, it's, I think it's to presume this is taking place at the injured Sammy Guevara. Lexi interviews Jeff Jarrett's crew in the locker room. Um, Jay Lethal's cutting a promo, interrupted by Ortiz. Lethal and Karen Jarrett warned Ortiz to walk away before he got jumped. Uh, Ortiz started swinging anyways. Wound up choke slammed on a production crate. I mean, I think this could end up being a match on the uh, pre-show, possibly, maybe. Yeah. Either that, or it'll be on a Ring of Honor. Or, but I don't think they're going to be using. It's the opening match to Rampage. Though next I've week. said, Book it. Oh, okay, I mean, yeah. Although I've said Ortiz could be a good Ring of Honor get. I also think Santana, Mike Santana, would be a great choice for that as well. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of guys you can just throw in Ring of Honor, and you know, you know what? We were talking about Ring of Honor uh, television champions, fucking Ortiz. There you go. That'd be good for him. Red Velvet defeats Ruby Soho. Destination. I didn't, I didn't see that coming, but when it happened, I was very, very excited. Um, and if it's the story they've been telling with Ruby and Cool Hand, everything's yeah. falling apart. Bro. Uh, she's got a secret admirer, Ruby does. And um, 
as we know it's Cool Hand Edge. Uh, Velvet got a cradle off of the distraction from the flowers, hit a spinning kick to get the uh, upset victory. I I was excited about this. Can't lie. Uh, during this match, they announced Willow Nightingale versus Julia for a collision. No Neck November is in full effect, baby. Roger Strong dedicated this next match to his best friend, Adam Cole, where the Kingdom picked up a quick squash match against Danny Rose and Ricky G. Danny Garcia was with Matt Menard and Angela Parker challenged on Friday for a collision. Soraya and Ruby interrupted the interview to confront Parker about the mid-match flower delivery. Well, Soraya was more, uh, Soraya ended up being much more confrontational than Soho, who seemed enamored with the flowers. Uh, Soraya and Menard sent the lovebirds away in opposite directions. They agreed they, quote, had a problem. What the hell? What's nah, the problem, it's actual, man? It's actual comedy that they're like, nah, we can't have this. It's like I don't know what the story is going to ultimately result in, but I'm I'm here for it. I this has been the most organic thing they've done in the entire history of the time we've been watching AW. So let's roll with it. You know what I mean? Other Throw than they claimed winning the title, but they missed on that, and we all know they did. Is that the uh, greatest missed opportunity in the history of? Do you imagine the level of stardom the acclaimed would have hit if they put him on them at exactly the right moment, dude? Oh that, God, yeah. They they would probably, dude. I, this is gonna sound crazy. Max Caster may have been world champion by now. Like you know what I mean? Like that sounds like he, crazy, but I mean, he, other than like the world tag team titles, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like the like he could have been like at least a mid card champion. Like Anthony Bowens could have had a world title match. Anthony Bowens should have a world title match. Fuck it. I'm down. Uh, when Jay White did, defeats MJF, we're going to need some contenders. So, you know. <laughs> Darius and Action Andretti confront Roddy in the kingdom. Strong declared that Darius would be his first victim. Hey, yo. What's the motivation behind that, Roddy? Hmm. I'm going to keep an eye on you, bro. I don't trust nah, you. Roddy's Roddy is sus. The whole kingdom I'm going to keep an eye on that son of a bitch. Fake neck motherfucker. No neck November, I swear to I'm, I'm keeping an eye on you. Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, FTR, defeat Commander and El Hijo del Vikingo in the main event of Rampage. Dude. Dude. This was fun. Um, Vikingo Bro, and Cash Wheeler. Vikingo loved like, their self-shadow realmed. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Dax and Commander. That was the the opener of the match was those two guys together. Really good stuff as well. Um, I thought their offsetting styles worked very well as FTR. What makes them so special and what always will is their ability to adapt to whoever they're facing. Whether it is War Machine or it's the Super Luchas or it's the Authors of Pain, for example. It doesn't matter what styles they're facing. They will adapt and it will end up being a fun match. Because Even AJ Styles? The genius, what they do is they don't adapt right away. They feel they they want the match to feel organically a little like okay, we're finding our footing, just like they did with Jay and Juice on that incredible match. They had to find their footing, and it took a pin for it to happen, you know. So, but um, yeah, both teams ended up showing some each other respect. Uh, Wheeler ended up technically getting the pin on Commander after the big rig match was so good. Uh, the outcome. Uh, it was probably never in doubt, right? But it still didn't matter because it was fucking awesome. And this was the match of the show. If you're, if you didn't catch uh, Rampage this week, just just watch this one. You'll, you you can even watch just the YouTube video of it and get your fix. I promise. Um, they posted like the full thing on there. 
Watch, I watched this one fucking twice. Shivani uh, was closing the show. The lights go out. Hasa Black appeared on the screen to applaud FTR. Alright, this is where I cut in to say that, and then we'll, we'll come back to this more on Collision, but they gotta figure out what the fuck they're doing with the goddamn House of Black at this point, because I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows. The only thing that's kind of clear is Julia Hart, but like other than that, it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? But, uh, speaking of that, that takes us into Collision, where, uh, where you got the keys, so. Collision episode 21. We had our cold open, not dead and buried anymore. Uh, featuring Sting, Darby Allen, Adam Copeland, Jake the Snake Roberts, Lance Archer, The Righteous, La Faccion Ingobernable, Will Hobbs, Daniel Garcia, and Andrade El Idolo. I just rattled off all those really difficult to say things in- insanely well, I just gotta say. And I'm like <laughs> on zero hours sleep. That's insane. Alright, um, yeah, we already talked about Andrade El Idolo versus Daniel Garcia. Fantastic opening match to the show. We had the father of the year, Christian Cage, accompanying Nick, Nick Wayne to a, actually a defeat by Dalton Castle here, I believe. Um, Am I correct about that? I'm pretty sure I'm correct about that, yeah. I think Nick Wayne um, picked up the dub. Did he? Was there cheating? Did they did they cheat my guy Dalton Castle out of the win when he's the fucking number one contender to the world title? Is that what happened, Charlie? Yeah, uh, Cage did some fucking shenanigans. You know what? Father of the I, year. I might have mentioned something about this earlier, that I was a little upset about the position they put a fucking world title contender in right after they just made him in. Like, in, in, in storyline, the night before, you know? Yeah, for real. Anyway, um, so Hangman cut a fucking absolutely fire promo about um, fire and brimstone and dragging Swerve to hell in a Texas death match. Talk about the segments we brought it up earlier. Because I've said what I want to say about it already, which is that it's insane that, that Hangman just... Yeah. Why is Hangman not cutting promos? Like, I guess he needs to have a reason Yeah, to, no, but, um, like, he can cut fucking insane promos. I think he's kind of an underrated part of his game, like... When he wants to, Hangman can make you believe almost as much as anyone else in this business. And this promo we cut on Strickland, I, I feel like they just... He, he had been stewing it up, and he knew what he had to say to take this program to the next level. And I think he did. I am so excited for this because he pretty much goes on to say, like, you know, you cheated to win at Wrestle Dream. And, you know, he told him to cherish his moments while he could because he's going to drag him to hell. You know, he would be sure to take his son to piss on Swerve's grave. And this was just a fired up fucking promo, man. It was so good. So good. Absolutely. Yeah. We uh, had Drillusko taking on uh, Drillusko and Roosh, his brother, taking on the workhorseman. Uh, Roosh moves so damn fast, man. He's ridiculous. Uh, I think Drillusko, by the way, like another guy that we saw kind of just pop in randomly, and he was actually less dark and more Ring of Honor, but he just kind of showed up randomly one week, and we were like, who the fuck is this guy? And he kind of like, he botched, I think, a move on dark, and we were like, I don't know, is this guy going to like fuck up everything and be like a bad example of somebody from like AAA or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, but it didn't end up working out that way. I think he's improved significantly since we saw him. I, I think he's a TV. I think you could use that guy on AW TV and he'd be fine. You know what I mean? I mean, they yeah. have, I think. But like, I think like, if you wanted to use him as like one of the regular luchas, I, I think he could probably pull it off. Um, he sells as fantastic. And so does, and like, sorry, his selling is fantastic. And so is like, obviously Anthony Henry's and then you got your big meat and, and JD. And uh, we have LFI picking up the win off the bullhorns. Um, Bulls horns, I guess I should say. Um, LFI are on a roll. I don't know what LFI are going to be doing. There's a lot of factions right now. LFI, House of Black, 
uh, Black Bull Combat Club, even honestly, like the Don Callis family. There's a lot of people that I'm like, they've been building all these groups up. There's not a faction war that's about to kick off or anything like that, unless I'm just not reading the signs. But, you know, uh, I don't know what a lot of these groups are going to do. They're all being, excuse me, all being built up for something. I'm not entirely sure what it is. Yeah. You don't speculate on that at all. Like, there's a lot of that going around right now. So, I just did. Because that ties into the, the house of a black appearance that we get as well right after this, you know? So it's like, like there's a lot going on. I guess there's not really much to say. And we might get some elaboration on this. I guess we haven't really considered the possibility that the house of black are in the devil mask, but I don't think that's possible because what is that Julia wearing it then? Because, you know, the other ones are the ones. It ain't Brody King. <laughs> you know? I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, Roderick Strong took on Darius Martin. Uh, this is the match that made me go, yeah, get him out of the wheelchair because we're getting to fucking uh, uh, where the fuck was his name? Fucking um, Ted DiBiase Jr. levels of fucking wheelchair shit. You know what I mean? Like, you ever hey, seen- that's a dangerous territory. <laughs> yeah, we need to get away from that. Um, so we had the Continental Classic announcement here featuring Brian Danielson with a fucking eye patch on. Yes. Um, pretty fucking metal image. Um and uh yeah, so we'll have Brian Danielson for that. So uh, so announced as the first participant. Uh just throw out some names who you want to see in this. We already talked about Jay White, uh Swerve yeah, Strickland, uh and... you know, like fucking goddamn uh Kenny Omega, obviously if he's available. Honestly, Chris Jericho could work in it. You know, just give me some names here. If some so some people might be a little confused on what this is, and this is basically a G one style tournament. This is a round robin tournament and um the two sides are going to all face each other week in and week out. We're about to have like some fucking super weeks of wrestling and every match is going to have. If you guys remember the vibe of the first Owen Hart classic. It's going to yep. be like that times like 50, like except because we're get it for, like, I have a feeling weeks straight or something like that. Like, yeah. And I have a feeling we are going to really kind of turn it up. And what I mean by that is, yes, they've already announced Brian Danielson, right? I think if you're going to create this tournament and you're going to put these stakes on it, well, let's make sure we get someone like Kenny Omega in there as well, right? I think Samoa Joe's a shoe-in. Hangman Page, Swerve, like you just said. Roderick Strong. This is kind of a big moment for him. Jay White, Powerhouse Hobbs. Malachi Black has to be in this. Yeah, Malachi Black, Wardlow, Rouge, Andrade, Takeshita. They could fucking slide in Will Ospreay. Keep an eye out for that. Kyle Fletcher. Osprey is not wrestling in the World Tag League. So seriously, keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for Okada. (laughs) If they're doing what I think they might do with this tournament, this might be the most overstacked tournament I've ever fucking seen. I mean, this is how you use the ridiculous amount of embarrassment of riches of talent that AEW has. This is how you use it. 100%. 100%. And, um, but it has to be a fucking massive tournament for you to use it effectively. So this is how you could get a fuck ton of people on TV that aren't going to be on often. like, And they're yeah. all going to get guaranteed matches. Because you know what that made me love a wrestler like um, Ryusuke Taguchi, even though I would have never been a fan of like fucking butt stuff, honestly, like if I was watching Japanese wrestling just regularly, was watching him put up fucking ridiculous like three and a half to four star matches every match against everybody in the Super Juniors tournament this year. You know what I mean? Like it's what the guy can do and he can do it well. And when he actually takes the match seriously, he's one of the best wrestlers in the company. That's the reason why he's still around and still wrestling, even though he's in the older side or a lot of the Japanese wrestlers, you know, like 
because he wrestles a style. It's kind of like their version of the Miz. Like he wrestles a style that he can get away with, and he still is a you know still in, 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 anyway. Yeah, I mean, like I I I I think you should put somebody like Nick Wayne or somebody like that in there, and maybe not him specifically, but somebody in that age range. You know, maybe a, a Daniel Garcia would be. I a think Daniel Garcia is your only yeah. option, or Takeshita. Yeah, one of those two needs to be in this so that you can, and maybe he needs to win it so that they can, like, you know, elevate themselves with this. Because it needs to just not just be a, a tournament where you get some insane matches. It needs to have a purpose overall, just like the Owen Hart does. You know what I mean? Like, here's what I will. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I think Danielson's going to win this tournament. And it, this is something not to take away from how awesome the tournament's going to be. But AEW typically is a problem where if they announce the tournament with one guy, that guy wins it. It's happened a few times already recently, um, so we'll have to keep an eye out on that. But um, yeah, uh, I think I think uh, they announced in the same segment Danielson's at All Out 2024, right? So what's what a better way to start his year than uh, winning this fucking tournament at the end of the last? I mean, that would be a, definitely a good start. It it makes me sad to think that All Out 2024 is going to be the last time we see Danielson wrestle, but he's had a fucking hell of a career, and he it, it, the I've, I've been telling people for a while that there was going to be a time that it wasn't just going to be talk anymore, and Brian was going to set a date. He set the date. Do you understand the insane amount of matches we're about to get out of this guy on like a weekly basis that are just going to be mind-blowing? He's going to have every match he's wanted to have in his career that he still hasn't had in the next, like, six months. It's going to be insane. I'll give you another name we might see on this, then we can move on. Give me Shibata. Give me, give me fucking Sonata, dude. Hey, send it. No, honestly, like, somebody like Taichi could be cool. Like, just, I, I, I honestly... If they could pull one person from Japan, it would probably want it to be Dude, Will those Ospreay, guys are in the tag league, though. Like, That's why I, I, the only reason I don't think them. Well, no, I think, like, I think honestly, like, I think one of the things that, like, I, I'm not saying it has to be, like, the top guys. I'm saying, like, just, I think if they pull somebody from Japan, and I guess that's what I think, I think it could be Will Ospreay. If it's not Will, though, like, if he's doing something else or whatever, like. They, it should probably just be one person from Japan because it should be like I think mostly an AEW stacked tournament, just like how like yes. a, the Japanese tournaments are generally. I mean, an AEW tournaments usually are too. So, um, with the exception to your random like world title eliminators and stuff like that, but like you know, I, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what this Continental Classic turns out to be. It's going to be insane. It's going to be loaded. Right, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so let me just move on here. Uh, Willow Nightingale took on Julia Hart, and the TBS title, um, picture is like kind of weird right now. So, this, I guess, like, so it was weird. Someone needs to fucking like pay Shivani more or something because, like, um, like it was not clear going into this match that this was like for a fucking title shot. It wasn't super clear to me, like, I, I thought it was. But, like, it took me until, like, a few minutes into this match where someone must have said into Tony's ear, no, this is for the shot at fucking <laughs> Chris Statlander. Um, they had some good back and forth. Uh, I think going into the pay-per-view, Julia versus Stat makes sense. Um, and like I said, I think there could be some shenanigans. 
Um, but like like you said, it's going to be a triple threat, and it's like so we're going to get one more match to decide another contender. I just like I don't know. Like it's a weird setup. They do tend to do this with the women's um, championship in general when they don't have a match. They just throw together like it's weird. Like the TBS title is kind of in the same position the women's title was like a few a few like years ago, which is was like it would just be like a random like one-on-one that doesn't really have a build-up or just like a random four-way or three-way you know like which i mean i guess that kind of works but you know i i I think stat deserves better but give me your thoughts yeah i'm i'm uh i'm i'm getting sour on this title reign pretty quickly and uh it was it is confusing what's happening with it I, i i we can't just get the i Maybe they didn't want to run the 1v1 back with her and Julia again. I, I just don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what you do in this situation. It's it's a weird spot. It's a very weird spot. At least they're getting they're on the show. Fuck. We we don't just have the one title on the show this time. We can get both. Yeah. As crazy um, as that sounds. Thank yeah. God we can get both. True. Uh Ricky Starks and Bill Big Bill were backstage, uh, and they basically told the entire tag division to go suck eggs. They said, we don't want nothing to do with any of you. Fuck off. And then uh, <laughs> they were informed that Tony Khan put him in a match against everyone they told to fuck off. So. Um, Paul White then weirdly joined commentary just for the powerhouse Hobbs squash to like seemingly set up a fucking singles match between those two. I, I don't need that in my life. I'm just saying. I don't need it either, but if Hobbs squashes him, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, if Hobbs is just going to be the new legend killer, fuck it. But I mean, like... Like, like I'm talking legit fucking, you know... Give me Hobbs murdering this player live squash. on television. No, anyway. Um, in storyline, of course. Um, FDR, we're backstage. I didn't write anything down about the segment, so they must have just been like, yeah, we're going to be champions again eventually. That's my guess. You know what I mean? Um... How how do I do? Was that accurate? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right. Um, Darby, Sting, and Adam Copeland took on the Righteous and Lance Archer, which on paper sounds awesome, um, and it was actually pretty decent. But you know, it's just like it's your it's a collision main event, so obviously it really delivered. But um, you know, this team is just like <clears throat> it's a weird team because Sting is obviously older, Adam Copeland's on the older side, and the Darby can just kind of just get the shit kicked out of him, so it works. But it's like. You got, I, I think the match at the pay per view will be fine, but I I think I think th- th- this was a necessary test run of this team here. Does that sound is that is that fair? Yeah, yeah, it was. And so I not that the, saying anything about the match, but you know, like, do you have any other thoughts on this? Like, I thought it was like it was just fine. You know what I mean, like Lance Archer uh, when he's not like I can, uh, I can vibe with the righteous and Lance Archer as the team. Yeah, I hope that that team that could be like a legit trio. That could be your Ring of Honor trios champions after you know. Um, you take it off of uh, the uh, the embassy or whatever, you know. Like I've been you know, there. Lance is very talented. He's just had one of the the most fucking wicked up and down. But well, he's always in, never in, really uh, around for longer than like a few weeks. Like I'm sure he's available in America for more than he's here in AW. But like he just doesn't get used that much. So yeah, I, you know, it's it's not even the definition of stop start. It's the definition of just like stop. Like there's never yeah, a start. It's, it's you know what a- I mean? Like. And you know he comes back, he gets main events, and it's just now he's going to Japan. Like he had a fucking league. Texas Death Match against fucking Hangman once when he was champion, like just randomly for absolutely no reason at all, other than that they were in Texas. I think you know what I mean, like whatever. You know what I mean? Who cares? I remember that time he was facing Eddie Kingston, and he landed on his head. That was crazy. 
Um, that was fucking nuts. Yeah. That was not one of the times, the few times we've actually seen them stop a match mid match. That was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, that was the end of, uh, of collision collision 21. I can't believe we've had 21 weeks of collision already. That seems like a fucking nightmare. All right. Anyway, um, it was, you know, when it was a nightmare when CM Punk was running the show. Ugh, anyway. Um, all right. <laughs> Any thoughts here at the end of the show? Other than fucking Christ, you watched 20 hours of wrestling in like two days or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Bad, um, it was cool to see Archer back to back nights. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway. I mean, Copeland, it's still, it's still kind of got that vibe, that new vibe to me. Yeah, he's still figuring out what his style's going to be. It's definitely different than what he was doing in the WWE, for sure. He's definitely going a lot harder in the paint, which I think maybe they were asking him not to, probably because they didn't want him to ruin his body, but he doesn't give a shit anymore. You know what I mean? Like, he just he's just running with it now, and um, I mean yeah, he's at the end. He's fucking right on. He already had his career taken away once. If it gets taken away again, what's the big deal? He's already done more than he probably ever thought he was going to again. You know, like so shit. You know, I'm I'm uh I'm very excited for this Continental Classic, and I'm excited to see the lineups play you know out because Adam Copeland will probably be in it. He could. He very well could. And um, I mean, if we get a Copeland versus fucking Okada match, like mm-hmm. just because. Copeland versus that's Will Ospreay. I don't know if we'll that, be interested in that That's the kind of shit match, that but, sells, yeah. though. That's that's what they need this tournament to do. This Absolutely. tournament needs to push tickets. And how do you do that? You book the fucking biggest stars. I think possible. because the plan was for Kenny. Remember we heard that rumor that for Forbidden Door this year, I think it was supposed to be Kenny versus Brian was supposed to be on that match. Uh, yeah. One of, uh, yeah, maybe that's your main event of that tournament. You know what I mean? I mean, it main event. One of your matches you sell as like the, like one of the last few nights of that tournament, and you build it up over those weeks. And Let me toss like another name at you. Point standards, you know what I mean? And then you do like a tiebreak or something. Like, say, say we we can't get a New Japan guy on the show, right? That's a good go, bailout if you can't. Yeah, yeah. What if we go to our? Uh, what if we go to our new partnership, CMLL? Let's bring in Mystico. Hell, let's go to AAA. Let's bring in somebody like why? Why I expect somebody like Roosh or Andrade to be in this tournament, but like say somebody like that from those companies isn't in the Kingo. Yeah, I mean, like Kingo Commander. So there's options, but uh, I I think uh, Mystico could be pretty fun in there if we don't get a new Japan guy. I mentioned Taguchi, and the reason why I brought that up is there's going to be guys in this tournament that you don't expect at the bottom ends of the tournament that are like you're like like because in every fucking New Japan tournament you have like evil and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like we evil's not great, but he's serviceable. You know what I mean? Like, but with twelve. I, I think it's fair to say these should all be guys that we can see winning a world championship in AEW. So I'm That's very true. excited for that, and uh, I look forward to it. Um, that being said, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us on this show. Um, we'll be back on Sunday night for the Full Gear Post Show, where uh, who knows what the fuck we're going to be talking about. This should be a pretty fun talking show. about Jay White being mugged on the way to the ring. No. Yeah. We might be, we might, next time we see you guys, we might know who the devil is. So, thanks everyone for sticking around. If this is your first ever show and you stuck through the whole thing, you fucking rock. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side.